Welcome back to another edition of Euro Weekly brought to you by Bet Victor. If you haven't checked out the two Arsenal podcasts that I did with Sophie Nicolau at Soccer Diva on Twitter, definitely go back and check them out, particularly after their frustrating loss to Manchester City on Sunday that seemed to highlight a number of the points that myself and Sophie were talking about when talking all things Gooners. We are, though, looking ahead this Monday to El Clasico. Coming up on Wednesday night, Real Madrid taking on Barcelona, that rescheduled El Clasico that had to be changed because of the political situation that was going on in Barcelona earlier on in the year. But we do have El Clasico coming up for you. And I'm glad to say, because obviously myself, Ollie Wilson, I am not the Spanish football expert on this podcast. Jason Pettigrove is, that's for sure. And Jason has been chatting with another Spanish football expert to get the build-up to all things El Clasico and look back at the results for Real Madrid, who took on Valencia, and Barcelona from the weekend, just gone. Uh, ben Hayward joined Jason to talk all things Spanish football. You can follow him on Twitter, at BG Hayward. That's at BG Hayward. And they sat down. I'm pretty sure Ben was actually in, the, in a cafe having his Monday morning breakfast. Jason uh, gave him a quick dial, and this is what they had to say about El Clasico. Hey, Harry. Hello, mate. Set smart TV to record the football later. You've got to be joking, and you? I ain't got a blooming clue. But I'll tell you what, if you want to chuck a few quid on it, your best bet is to try that Bet Victor app. Even I'm a whiz on that. Listen, I've got a little tip for you, and you didn't hear this from me. Oh, that'll be Sandra with the shopping. Sorry, mate, I've got a dash. Listen to Harry and make your best bet with Bet Victor. 18 plus, please gamble responsibly. Son, seen the remote? <laughs> performance at Sociedad. I think probably they'd have taken a point before the game given their away form, their results at Sociedad over the years and the way in which Bellarau have been playing themselves. I'm not sure Barca deserved the point to be honest. I mean you were sort of boots on the ground, you're in the stand at that game. It looked to me that Martin Odegaard was running rings around Barca's midfield. Catalans had that typical Valverde look about them that they didn't seem to really have the energy or the creativity that Jose had. Would you say that's a fair point? I think that's fair. I thought Odegaard was outstanding um, at Anueta. And yeah, but for Barcelona, once they got ahead, you know, you sensed that, that, that they were going to do it. Uh, obviously, the, the, the penalty in the first half was a, a little bit controversial. And then the, the, the non-penalty award at the end. But, you know, for Barcelona to be complaining about these things when... You know, they, they used to be able to, to to go to any ground in the country. And, you know, even though Anoeta used to be a problem for them, they, they used to dominate the play. And that's not really the case anymore. It's a different Barcelona now. Uh, and a little bit of a trend, hasn't it, been their form away from home this season. So in the end, I suppose a point is, is not bad, even though it, it could have been three at the end if they've got the penalty. Yeah. Well, you mentioned that obviously PK was involved in that penalty. I mean, he was a colossus, I thought, in that game. He won virtually everything in the air. He was obviously denied a goal as well, when it was excellent goal line tournaments. Everyone talks about Messi being, you know, the main man for Barcelona, which I guess clearly he is. But to me, at the moment, 
PK comes a close second because without him in that defence, I think Barca would really struggle. Yeah, you know, I do think, uh, I think he had a great uh, season last season. I thought he was excellent. But th this season, um, I think he's dipped a little bit. And, you know, there's been a lot of talk over whether, you know, the, the, the tennis, the Davis Cup and all his business interests uh, have distracted him a little bit. But I thought he was back to his uh, very, very best at Anoeta. I thought he was superb. And he made a number of um, um, important blocks and, and kind of last-ditch sliding tackles as well. When he's on that kind of form, yeah, as you say, he's a colossus. And, um, yeah, just before the Classico, uh, that's good news for Barcelona. Let's just talk briefly a little bit about Real Madrid's performance as well. You were at Mastaya as well. I thought they were very patient yesterday. So they were happy to wait for the openers. They weren't really forcing anything. A bit disappointed with Rodrigo. But, you know, Benzema again worked as hard as he always does. Do you think, obviously Hazard's not there at the moment, do you think they lose a little bit of their attacking edge without the Belgian in the side? Or do you think they can cope well enough without him? I think they do. I think it was a little bit unfortunate when he got injured that he was just kind of just starting to show um, what he can do. And they had, they, in fact, the game in which he was injured, the, the two-all draw against Paris Saint-Germain, it's the best that I've seen Real Madrid play in a, a long, long time. Um, just kind of starting to understand with his teammates, uh, link up well with Isco, who'd come into the team, with Benzema. And yeah, so it was, it was a blow for, for them to lose Hazard at, at, at that point. So they've got a lot of players who can come in. Um, I thought last night uh, against Valencia wasn't their best performance. No. They dominated the, the first kind of 25 minutes, and then second half was was all Valencia really. But but <laughs> it's typical Real Madrid. You can't write them off right until the end like that. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I think they'll miss Asad in the Clásico though. I suppose you say as well, you know, you can't write them off. You, you never can. 95th minute, I think it was last night. Courtois, I think, had a, as much to do with that goal being scored as he did in keeping Real Madrid in the game. He's been particularly maligned, I think. Certainly, you know, was at the beginning of this season. But he's he's found some real form, I think. A lot of clean sheets. And I think, do you think he's he's finally repaying the club's faith in him now? Because obviously there was a time when he and Kaelin Navas were fighting over that number one spot. The club decided that they would throw everything behind and he, he does seem to be as important a member of that side now as any other. Yeah, I think so, Jason. You know, um, Kelo Navas was was a very popular figure with, with Real Madrid fans because of um, his performances in the, the three Champions League victories in a row. And, uh, you know, also a popular player with, with in the dressing room. So it was hard for Courtois, I think, to come in um, and replace <laughs> an, a club icon, uh, and um, yeah, then performances at, at the beginning weren't very good. He was uh, whistled by the fans at the Bernabeu and yeah, it was, wasn't an ideal start at all. But I think his upturn in form has kind of coincided with the team's uh, improvement as well. Uh, it started in a way to Galatasaray in the Champions League. He made a number of important saves in that match, which was a very, very important one at, at that point where they'd only picked up one point from the first two games. And since then, I think he's been excellent. And and last night, he um, I think it he has a moment now. Uh, uh, apart from the the two fantastic saves that he made, that moment, um, you know, when he went up for the corner and, and caused chaos and, and you know, led to that dramatic late equaliser, I think that's going to really get the fans on board with him. And um, yeah, a big confidence booster, definitely. Yeah. 
one of the players I just wanted to ask you about before we speak briefly about the Classico. Fede Valverde has really impressed me. Uh, obviously, I don't expect him to start on Wednesday. I'm almost certain Zidane um, will bring Casemiro uh, back into the midfield. What do you make of it? I mean, to, he's got a real directness and an energy to his play that it almost reminds me a little bit of Modric in his younger days. I think, fantastic young player, and I'd like to see a bit more of him, I think. Well, I, I, first of all, I disagree with you. I think he will start on uh, Wednesday. Because if you look at the big games, in, in certainly uh, over the last kind of few weeks, uh, Valverde has started them all. Um, he's kind of broken up the the, the Kroos and Modric partnership, which we've seen at, at Real Madrid for, for so many years. But now, because they're a bit older, both of them have started to look a little bit static. So I think it's going to be Casemiro. Obviously, he didn't play last night because he was at risk of, of suspension ahead of the Clásico. I think it's going to be Casemiro, uh, probably Toni Kroos and Valverde. Um, he is the one who's transformed their season for me. He's come in. Uh, he's given them more more legs in midfield. He's he's box to box. Uh, he tracks back, makes tackles, um, and he you know he's a threat going forward as well. He's um, he likes to shoot. He likes to, to to try and set up players. He's he's got a couple of assists as well. Yeah, it's definitely an, an all action midfielder and, and just the kind of player that that they needed. Obviously, in the transfer window in the summer, there was was talk of Paul Pogba. Nobody came in when you thought they were going to be a little bit short, but. I guess um, Zidane knew that, that Valverde was just about ready to come in. So, um, yeah, I think he'll start at Camp Nou. Yeah. And I think his play has sort of epitomised Real Madrid this season. They're full of confidence. They're playing well. They've been sort of bright, sharp, inventive in a lot of games. Importantly, they've only lost once this La Liga season. They've had a day less preparation than Barcelona have. Barca haven't lost in six La Liga Clásicos. They've only lost two of the last ten in the league. I guess there'll be a lot of pressure on Messi to deliver, as always. He missed the home Clásico last year because of injury. He doesn't have too many of, sort of these big games left now, if you're led to believe that two or three seasons at best he has before he retires. So there's another chance for him to cement his legacy in this particular fixture. Where do you see this Wednesday's game being won and lost, and what are you most looking forward to about the match? Yeah, I mean, yeah. First of all, let's hope Messi carries on for as long as possible because uh, the thought of him retiring is, is certainly a depressing one. But um, yeah, obviously he'll be huge again. I mean, it's easy to say you know, uh, Barcelona will look to Messi, but of course they will because they always do. I thought against Real Sociedad, um, he had. He was very quiet in that game, unusually so. Um, so whether he was conserving energies for the Clásico or not, um, I don't know. But he's always up for the big games, uh, always up for the Clásicos. And um, yeah, it'll be exciting to, to see him in action against Real Madrid, up against Sergio Ramos, that, that, that battle which has gone on for so many years. And I think, um, yeah, I think the midfield... Um, with Fede Valverde, who we were just talking about, you know, um, uh, in this kind of form, uh, we, we haven't really sit. We, he has played in Glasgow before, but not maybe as the player he is now. So uh, I'm maybe excited to see how he is going to do in the realm, in the Madrid midfield, and, and who's going to win that that kind of midfield battle. Because over the years, we've been so used to Barcelona dominating the midfield in the Classico, but, but maybe it's going to be Real Madrid this time. And um, 
Yeah, it's uh, with the, the two teams neck and neck at the top of La Liga, it's it's perfectly poised, isn't it, going yeah, to the game? Absolutely. I suppose it's the biggest game, and it's where the big players excel. And I'm kind of like you. I love the individual battle. So the Ramos against Suarez, or Ramos against Messi, Benzema against Piquet. I wonder if the, sort of the MSG will give Rails back four real going over. But then having said that, Barca themselves have only kept two clean sheets in the last eight games in the league. So I think that might well be their downfall. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I know he didn't play particularly well at the weekend, but I wouldn't be surprised to see Rodrigo start that game. But I'm actually wondering, is, is this the game for, for Gareth Bale again, perhaps? You know, it, he's always done relatively well in Classicos, and his pace scares the life out of Barca's back four. I think it might be Jason because um, you know Gareth Bale had a little hamstring issue. He came back um, sooner than we thought, but he was uh, left on the bench in midweek. Obviously, only came on as a substitute last night. But for me, Gareth Bale is only uh, well. He's certainly most effective when he has space to attack, and uh, you don't get that uh, against most rivals in La Liga. If you're Real Madrid or Barcelona, teams will defend deep and um, you know, spaces are hard to come by but if you play against Barcelona you do get you know, space to attack the, the high defensive line that Barca play uh, there will be opportunities and with the possession game that they have there will be opp- opportunities for Real Madrid to, to counter-attack on the break and we've seen that in, in you know, Clasicos over the years and um, you know it's, it's, it's given Bale some of his best moments so uh, yeah I, I do think Bale will start it's a big game you want the big game players and he'll have that space to attack so um, especially with with Azad missing um, yeah I think it's likely we'll, we'll see we'll see Bale alongside Benzema and and then I guess it, you, he'll have to decide if he wants Rodrigo if he wants Isco uh, how you want to play I wouldn't be surprised if he played Isco actually as well if anyone fancies having a flutter on the game Bet Victor have got Barcelona winning at four to six on uh, victory for Real Madrid is 17-5 to 5 or 33-10 to 10 for the draw. If you're a person that likes to go for a first goal scorer bet, you've got Lionel Messi at 23-10. to 10. Luis Suarez, who got a hat-trick in this fixture last season, he's a decent price of 9-2. to 2. Karim Benzema is at 5-1. to 1. And Antoine Griezmann, who's just coming into a bit of form himself, is at 13-2. to 2. Remember that odds are subject to change. You must be 18 or over to use Bet Victor. Please gamble responsibly. And for more information on that, visit begambleaware.org. That's all for this week. I'll be glued to my screen as usual. Ben, I'm pretty sure you'll be up in the Camp Nou press box to watch this one. Yeah, I certainly will, Jason. Looking forward to it. The best seat in the house. Thank you very much for joining me. Enjoy the game and enjoy your Christmas as well. Yeah, you too. Thanks a lot. Big thanks to Ben for joining Jason and talking all things La Liga in the build-up to El Clasico as well. You can follow Jason at Jason Pettigrove on Twitter. You can follow Ben at BG Haywood on Twitter. And of course, you can follow our sponsor at BetVictor on Twitter as well. We'll be back in a few days' time to look ahead to all of the busy Christmas schedule coming up, particularly with English football. There's some Italian football early in the new year as well that we might dabble into, but that could be a little later on over the festive season. In the meantime, get on to iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, like, subscribe, give us a review, give us some questions, let us know your thoughts, get in contact over the busy Christmas period while you've got your feet up and are watching all of the fantastic football. We'll be back in a few days' time, but until then, take care, enjoy the games, and if we don't speak before, have a great Christmas. <laughs>